0: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed.
1: Hello, Face the Nation podcast listeners. We want to bring you something a little different today. A deep dive on the state of two consequential political contests in Pennsylvania. The governor's race between Republican Doug Mastriano and Democrat Josh Shapiro, as well as the Senate race between John Fetterman, a Democrat, and Dr. Mehmet Oz, Republican. We talked with John Delano, the top political reporter at our Pittsburgh affiliate, KDKA, about our latest battleground tracker polling from the state. This is our conversation, first broadcast on Twitter Spaces, and we hope you enjoy. John, it's Margaret Brennan. Welcome to Twitter Spaces. It's the first one I've done. I take it's the first one you've done as well.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, and we had a little bit of technical difficulty, but I'm delighted to be with you. I'm a big fan of yours.
1: Uh, thanks. Well, um, we're so lucky to have you uh, t- for this chat today. Um, and t- for everyone listening, uh, this is our, our first Face the Nation Twitter space. And we want to have this conversation right now because we're 53 days away from the midterm elections. And we have this huge CBS family with folks in so many key places in key states, and John is one of them. So we're trying to Harness his mind and his uh, visibility into what's happening in Pennsylvania right now. We're very lucky to have um a correspondent like you. And uh, today we are, of course, talking about the key state of Pennsylvania. So, Del- John Delano, for those listening, is the money and politics editor out at our Pittsburgh station, KDKA. John, thank you so much.
2: Well, Come again, on. it's a, a great delight to be with you, Margaret, and to all our listeners. Uh, from, I hope, uh, both Pennsylvania and across the country. Once again, Pennsylvania is the bellwether state. It seems as if every election year, people turn to Pennsylvania as the make or break state, and that brings a lot of national attention. On this state of uh, what, thirteen million people—a very diverse state, truly a microcosm of America—with big urban cities like Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, a ton of rural area, agriculture. Believe it or not, is one of the big economic drivers in our state. Uh, we often think of steel because of mm-hmm. Western PA, but there's so much about Pennsylvania. That makes it a good purple state and very, very, very unpredictable.
1: Indeed, and and just this past week, we had some CBS polling data um, that our genius pollsters here at CBS, Anthony Salvanto and his group, crunch the numbers. Um, right. And I am hoping that you can kind of put some life to some of these figures and some of the trends that that we've pulled out of this. Um, The battleground tracker that we just released has, you know, some insight here. And and for those politicos listening in right now, you know, we have a 50-50 Senate, as you know, both parties are trying to gain the majority here. So Pennsylvania is looked at as one of those key states that could decide a lot. And in your Senate race, according to our battleground tracker um, of likely voters, Democrat John Fetterman is leading Republican Mehmet Oz, uh, Dr. Oz, as he's known, and that lead is uh, by about five points. So, you know, John, what does the poll that we just released tell you about the state of the release, uh, of the race, and why is Fetterman
2: leading? Well, I think uh, John Fetterman is leading because when you dig in, to this awesome uh, battleground tracker poll that Anthony Salvanto and his team put together, I mean it's an amazing poll. The details, because they get into why it is each of these candidates has strengths or weaknesses. You know, you know, for Mehmet Oz, he's an outsider to Pennsylvania, as at least that's how he's perceived by so many people in Pennsylvania because the he was poll, living in New poll- Jersey. Because he's in New Jersey, he's been a New Jersey resident for three decades. His connections to Pennsylvania are real. He graduated from the University of Pennsylvania, both his medical degree and a a business degree. He married a Pennsylvania woman. His Her family has been a very successful family in the suburbs of Philadelphia. So he's been back and forth a lot to the Philadelphia area. But... He hasn't lived in the state until 2020. He's, uh, you know, as the Fetterman people will point out, he's registered to vote still in New Jersey and in Pennsylvania. That's perfectly legal. Yeah. But you only get to vote in one place, and he's voted in Pennsylvania the last two years. But this this uh, this notion that he's not really a Pennsylvanian comes back to hurt him. And if you want to dig into the poll numbers, Mm -hmm. you can. Yeah, Uh, I I think that's that's part of the problem, and a lot of it goes back to the fact that Mehmet Oz was assaulted on television by fellow Republicans during the primary. Never forget that he won by you know much less than the tenth of one percent, I believe, in the end, um, Mm -hmm. barely winning in a recounted vote over Dave McCormick. A multi-multi-multi yeah. millionaire who spent a ton of money, savaging uh, Oz on television, for being an, you know, basically being out of touch and being fake and being right. a Hollywood phony. I mean, all these things that now come back to haunt Mamet Oz. If you'd like, I mean, I'll tell you what I'm—what I think is—it's amazing to me that Oz is only behind by five points. Yeah. Given all the negatives against him, but that's the nature again of Pennsylvania, where Republicans vote Republican, Democrats vote Democrat, for the most part, and Independents make up the difference. And there's nearly it's, a million folks who will decide this right.
1: Yeah, it's it's always interesting to me when you ask a polling question if there is a difference between what the person asking the question thinks. They're asking and what the person being asked perceives that question to be. So you've been talking about you've been talking about a real Pennsylvanian. We have in our polling um, the phrase authenticity gap between John Fetterman and Dr. Oz. So 57 percent of voters say they think Fetterman really believes what what he is telling them. Seventy one percent say Dr. Oz is just telling people what they want to hear.
2: Uh, Right. Right. That's an amazing that's an amazing gap. Fifty percent, 57 percent say Fetterman's authentic. Only 29 percent say Oz is authentic. And yet, despite that, he's getting, you know, what, uh, 47 percent of the vote. So Mm -hmm. uh, people who think he's inauthentic are still voting for him. Or the question of has Oz been in Pennsylvania long enough? Sixty-seven percent, two-thirds say no, he's not been here long enough to be a US senator. And yet he's still only five points behind. So but when you when, when you I use like,
1: the when you use that phrase, when you talk about a real Pennsylvanian, I mean just on the visuals. For those at the national level who aren't following this in all the detail you are, they see a picture of John Fetterman in like a black hoodie, tattoos on his yeah. arms really uh, embracing the i'm an everyday everyday guy and every man yeah. dr oz yeah. they know from television so like what does being a real pennsylvanian mean what do, what do you think it is that's actually resonating as authentic
2: well i do think residency has made a difference <laughs> Obviously. <the> that, <laughs> no Obviously. I, I i do think that it There's a perception and there was a perception in the Republican primary. It was not just for Mehmet Oz. In fairness, it also applied to Dave McCormick, who had lived in Connecticut for 15, 20 years. Um, Ambassador Carla Sands, who was from California. She was also in the Republican primary. They had roots in Pennsylvania, but they came back for the explicit purpose of running for this Senate seat. Mm -hmm. And that's why they gave. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't for any great love of Pennsylvania or the Pennsylvania people. They saw an opportunity because Senator Pat Toomey, Republican, was retiring. Mm-hmm. And so that, that perception has been out there for a long time that most of the Republican candidates just kind of moved in in order to run. Now, some of the Republican candidates use that against uh, the others, like Kathy Barnett. Uh, mm-hmm. For one who came in very, you know, came in a, a close third, uh, but they weren't able to, they it wasn't it didn't resonate enough within the Republican Party primary. Yeah, I think resonating more now, Margaret, and I think that's part of what's going on. I, you know, ha, what is a true Pennsylvanian? I don't know. I've lived in the state since I was eight <laughs> years old. <laughs> Am I a real exactly. Pennsylvania? I wasn't born in here, but I grew up here and went to right. school here.
1: Right. Well, <laughs> there you go. Well, John, so John Fetterman um, had that stroke back in May. And there has yes. been a lot of, of questions about where is he in his recovery? Um, how long standing will the ongoing health issues be? Um, 59% of voters polled by CBS say he is healthy enough to serve. Um, yes. How much is the health of the candidates uh, on the ballot here? You know, what are you hearing locally?
2: Well, I'm hearing that the Oz people want to make this the issue. I mean, they are doing everything they can to suggest that John Fetterman is just not well enough to be United States senator. And they point to debate. Mm -hmm. Now, Fetterman has now accepted one debate for October 25th uh, in Harrisburg, the state capital, So there will be one debate, but it's late in the, in the season for sure. And uh, the, the Oz people have accepted five debates, and they keep challenging uh, Fetterman to debate more um but Mm -hmm. you know i don't know that the public as a whole cares that much about these debates if you judge it by how many watch it on television it's really people like you and me margaret who are watching um a lot of folks don't but i i think the question of his health is an important one but he is out on the trail although not as much he's still in recovery when i had my one-on-one interview with him and i was the first uh a uh, reporter to get one-on-one with Fetterman. He um, and I've known him for a long time. I, uh, let me be frank: uh, he, uh, he's not the greatest speaker in the world, even before the stroke. <laughs> and so, when you talk to him afterwards, it is sometimes difficult. It was difficult for me to perceive how much different he was. But he's very—he was very upfront with me about his auditory problems. And the fact that he, um, you know, he needs closed captioning in order to under, to see the words. Uh, there's been in his his he both he and his people say there's no diminution reduction in brain function. It's mm-hmm. one of those physical attributes, and and heck, we all know people who have hearing problems and auditory problems and 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 the like. So I think the public will decide whether they think that's a disqualifier. Most right. people I talk to at this stage don't, you know, even though he hems and haws and pauses when he speaks and is repetitive, to some extent he was like that before the stroke. So it's hard for me to gauge. And I'm obviously not a doctor. And I'm, and can I cannot diagnose? Right. So we but only go you, by what he says.
1: Just to clarify what you were talking about, with explain the, the closed captioning. So, as what I have read yeah. is that during this debate, Fetterman will have access to monitors with closed captioning that he needs that, it. it, it, that's it right. That he needs to read what he's being asked. Is that
2: the that's right? That's the way he is sure not to miss a word in his hearing. So anything that the questioners or Dr. Oz would say in debate would appear on a screen. When I interviewed him, he had that same capability um to read and see to, mm-hmm. he, to see the words that i was asking and uh, th- in this debate on october 25th they're going to have two practice rounds um i've been told which will give him an opportunity to get comfortable with the equipment and make sure that he's seeing because they're going to be together in one yeah. location for this debate um and How- uh, you know, we'll we'll see whether uh, whether he he insists he's improving every day, that he's getting better. Um, but as as our CBS poll shows, uh, as you, and as you pointed out, fifty nine percent say he's healthy enough to be senator. And yes. boy, if he were to win with fifty nine percent of a vote, that's almost impossible in Pennsylvania. That mm-hmm. would be a clear landslide. I just don't think yet. It's a real big issue for a lot of voters.
1: Um. I also want to ask you about the person not on the ballot, but who has been a factor uh, in so many races, uh, the former president, um, yeah. and wh- who he would endorse became the subject of a lot of fascination at the national level. Um, how how much is that on the ballot in this, in this Senate race, or how much of a factor is it in your your gubernatorial race, you know, is that really a motivator for people to come out in November to see any of these candidates as a proxy for their endorsement of of the former president?
2: Yeah, I don't think that either Joe Biden or Donald Trump are big, huge factors in this election. I think that Mm -hmm. uh, Pennsylvanians, particularly with respect to the governor's race, are not going to focus on Washington, D.C. particularly I, in the Senate race, it's perhaps more of an issue that it's very clear that that Donald Trump endorsed Mehmet Oz from the very beginning. Uh, he was his candidate. He likes celebrities running mm-hmm. for office, and the former president obviously endorsed Mehmet Oz and campaigned for him very recently up in uh Grand and Wilkesbury area. Uh, so, I, you know, but I don't think that people are voting for or against on the basis of where, you know, who Donald Trump supports, or frankly, who Joe Biden supports. I know their efforts to try to turn these gentlemen into surrogates for Absolutely. these national figures. And I, I, just, uh, I just, just don't think it works. I think both John Fetterman and Mehmet Oz are so well-known in Pennsylvania, people will make their own judgments based on who they are. Now, the governor's race is fascinating, Margaret, Because, you know, here you have a candidate, uh, Josh Shapiro, the attorney general of Pennsylvania. He's been very Mm -hmm. visible as attorney general. He's done a lot of things in the consumer protection area. And he's very well recognized. He he did something that was an astounding fact, uh, or feat, I would say, in the Democratic race. He was unopposed for the Democratic prime in the Democratic Mm -hmm. primary for governor. I don't know that I've ever seen a situation like that for a non-incumbent, wide-open seat for governor in Pennsylvania. But he's managed. Everybody seems to like him in the Democratic Party. Whether you're left-wing or a moderate conservative Democrat. <laughs> so he, uh, he kind of has united his party. The Republicans, of course, were much more split. And as the CBS poll indicates, uh, Doug Mastriano, a, a newcomer state senator, a, an election denier who led the, a busloads of folks to the January 6th uh, insurrection or attack on the Capitol, Although there's no evidence, he got to the steps of the Capitol, but we've seen no evidence that show him walking up the steps. We have seen video of him right at the steps. Um, And And he He went beyond police lines. But again, you know, Mastriano has run one of the most extraordinarily uh, unusual campaigns. He will not talk to any reporters uh from uh, mainstream media television print uh radio Mm -hmm. he has kicked reporters out of some events and he basically communicates uh, through social media he's not running any advertising on television across the state of pennsylvania at least not yet that we've seen um And so, you know what the CBS poll shows in that race, um, a double-digit lead for Josh Shapiro right now. Nobody believes that anybody will win by double digits in Pennsylvania, but Mm. uh, um, clearly uh, you'd rather be in Shapiro's position than Mastriano's.
1: So in terms of what is motivating people, our battleground tracker uh, showing the issues that matter most to Pennsylvania voters, were in order gas prices, crime, drug addiction, housing costs, gun violence, and school conditions. Mm -hmm. What do those issues actually mean in Pennsylvania? You know, when people are thinking about crime, are they thinking about the city of Philadelphia or are they thinking about something else? You know, what is it that's resonating locally?
2: Yeah, I think they think about crime in their own neighborhoods, their own situation. And Certainly, uh, a lot of people who are voting for um, Shapiro would check crime off as one of their issues of importance. Um, I mean, interesting I, for it's, the it's interesting because the campaign, the Shapiro campaign, believes that abortion is really a key motivator.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: they've been running ads focused on Mastriano, who basically says, um uh, you know my body my choice is a ridiculous statement um i mean he basically supports uh banning all abortions even to save the life of a woman
1: and to be clear abortion is legal in the state of pennsylvania so yes
2: thank you abortion is legal it's controlled um but it is legal up to 24 weeks there are some requirements about a short wait time there's some consent issues the the pro-choice community would love to see some of that change but it's Mm -hmm. never going to change as long as republicans control the state house and state senate which they do and the only thing that keeps pennsylvania from going texas has been a democratic governor Mm -hmm. so uh, that's why the governor's race and why uh, josh shapiro believes abortion is such a key issue because he believes it attracts Republicans and independents to his camp, along with almost all Democrats. Um, So even though our polls suggest another issue, you know, issues like crime are more important, um, they're focused on abortion at the moment. It
1: sounds like you are saying that there is a tendency you see to have um, more of a kind of libertarian tendency or people reacting to that rather than, um, just voting along party lines on this on this issue is that the right way to interpret said? I,
2: I think that that's that's fair i think it's uh, a question of how people ultimately vote whether they care so much about the uh, abortion rights issue and right and uh, that they vote on it that that's the one issue i think there are lots of reasons right now as you know our cbs poll uh, shows that um Republicans wish they had some, you know, a whole slew of them wish they had someone else running as mm-hmm. their candidate, not Doug Mastriano. And that reflects the fact that Mastriano won his Republican primary with less than 50% of the vote. In Pennsylvania, there is no runoff. So mm-hmm. the plurality winner becomes the nominee. Most Republicans voted against Mastriano, they voted for somebody else. And uh, I think there's some residue of that. Not unlike the Primary with Oz that Republicans voted against Mehmet Oz in their primary, and so that puts the candidate, the winner, Mm -hmm. in a tough position of uniting his or her party before going into a general election. And it's not clear whether that's been done. Well, I would argue for Oz. I think it's he's really closing the gap there among republicans but that's not going to be enough to win he's got to win independence uh in order to beat john fetterman
1: so do you think it is uh the wrong bet by the democratic candidate josh shapiro to think of abortion as a motivating factor for turnout um
2: is it actually really
1: even on the ballot because as you're saying it's it's far more complicated
2: yeah, it's not on the ballot, but I think most people who care about that issue recognize that a that if a Republican wins the governorship, that will be the end of abortion rights in Pennsylvania. And so uh, that's a pretty easy statement to understand uh and particularly because Doug Mastriano has made it clear that he would support legislation banning all abortions, period. Mm-hmm. So right. um you know, he wants to be Texas. I think it didn't he have a statement not long ago that he wants to be he wants Pennsylvania to be the Florida of the North. You know, DeSantis, or, uh, mm-hmm. Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, um, so I, you know, who knows where all of this goes? But uh, yeah, I, my well, own view is that abortion is? becomes a yeah. motivating issue for us for a, a certain number of people. And in Pennsylvania, where elections are won by one, two, three percent, right every. Every percent counts, Margaret, every percent.
1: Um, and you've covered Doug Mastriano for a while because he was a state senator.
2: Um, yes. So I,
1: I wonder what your sense of him is um, in terms of does he truly believe some of the things that he has said on the campaign trail of late, including being, a, as you use that phrase, an election denier, meaning he, he does not believe that Joe Biden is the duly elected president of the United States. Um, right Did he truly believe that or was that the cost of winning donald trump's endorsement well,
2: no i think he truly believes it and i think that he i have incredible respect for the way he's handled social media i mean he came out of nowhere to become the republican nominee in a gigantic state like pennsylvania and he did it through social media not through advertising when you say um, social media what do you mean
1: they're not listening to our Twitter, uh, Facebook.
2: Twitter chat Facebook, primarily right now. <laughs> Facebook and podcast postings that he and his wife have been doing for years, and they've gone on their little fireside chats. He has mm-hmm. where he, for years, well, long before he was a candidate for governor, where he would talk about particular very conservative issues, uh, and of course that's become a, a, a wealth of opportunity for the opposing mm-hmm. candidate. But the fact is that Doug Mastriano was very out front on his issues. I, I believe he's a true believer. I don't think he's a fake. If you ask me if he's authentic, he's uh, He's authentic. Um, he doesn't. He didn't do anything to yeah. get uh, Donald Trump's support. In fact, Trump was rather late in coming in and endorsing Mastriano. He did yes. it at the last minute um, when he saw that Mastriano was going to win. There was a lot of his people supported. Trump people supported Dave McCormick and supported uh, Kathy Barnett. So there was a lot of pressure on the former president to endorse one of the others. But in the end, he endorsed. you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, well, wait a minute, I, I don't want to mix up the governor in the uh, yeah. Senate race because, Bar- yeah, Bar- 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 McCormick were in the Senate race. And again, pressure was put. put by Right. Them. In the Republican primary, there was pressure by some of the other candidates who were running. Carlos Stanz, for example, was his ambassador. Um, so, you know, I, I think that the endorsement of Mastriano was Trump just ju- jumping on a candidate who was going to win, not anything else. I certainly yeah. don't think Mastriano I- was doing the things he did because he was trying to win Donald Trump's support.
1: Let me ask you about some bread and butter issues. So 80% of registered voters told CBS economic conditions in Pennsylvania have either been difficult or hard on them. We know Mm -hmm. that inflation is a problem around the country right now. But in Pennsylvania, 71% of those polled complained specifically about gas prices and housing prices. 67% specifically complained about that what is causing the most pain locally what is dragging down the perception of the economy
2: well i don't think there's any doubt that inflation hurts everybody it's very rare for someone to get a pay raise that would equal the inflation rate in this country or in the state of pennsylvania now it's true gasoline prices have come down but pennsylvania has the second highest gas tax in the nation. The governor wanted to suspend the tax. The legislature did not go along with that. Uh, and uh, the bottom line is that we're still paying a very high gasoline tax, and consequently our gas prices are nowhere near as low as the national average. So that is one of the reasons people feel mm-hmm. that pain at the gas pump. And of course, when you shop, you you recognize how inflation has hit and other kinds of of things that you want to buy so I think those, they're very real issues you know I think they're, the hard part is trying to connect that to an election does a governor right. have any control over inflation eh, I mean you could argue that the but governor it's, might it's, have something to do with gasoline prices they could
1: certainly with the gas tax he would right I mean, not that he's the chief executive of the oh, state.
2: What's that? Uh,
1: the governor would, if if you're talking about local state laws, like you mentioned, like the gas tax. Is chief executive of the state.
2: Yes, yes, but he can't do anything without the legislature in Pennsylvania, as we as we've seen on gasoline pricing. So, but I'm talking about the basic price of gasoline and oil. The governor of Pennsylvania mm-hmm. will have zero to say about that. He can affect the taxes, yes, but he cannot affect the price of oil that comes out of other states or so, from around so, the nation.
1: Uh, so what's the heart of the argument that you see resonating on the on the economy? Because certainly Republicans would like to argue that any Democratic candidate, um, you know, is linked to inflation. What is the you know affirmative argument that Doug Mastriano is making on the economy? What is he going to do and and, and you know, How do you actually make that judgment?
2: Well, I have not seen an affirmative argument on what he would do other than cut government spending. He's very big on that, that he would cut government across the board in a lot of areas. It's a, it's a, um, a line that he's used frequently and has embraced from the get-go. Um, but other than trying to tie Josh Shapiro in with Tom Wolfe, Which is what he, the -hmm. the incumbent governor of Pennsylvania, which is what he's trying very hard to do. And of course, there are ads run by some, uh, there have been ads trying to link uh, Josh Shapiro, uh, frankly, with Joe Biden. Um, But I I think these ads, I think people become very blase about this stuff. I don't think they're going to connect unless you're an ardent Republican or an ardent Democrat. You don't connect people to other politicians. Uh, I really don't think that's what's going to motivate folks in terms of Mastriano. Frankly, one of the hard parts, Margaret, is that none of us have gotten a chance to interview him. So mm-hmm. I can't ask him the question that you just asked me. right? <laughs> I'd like to well, do that. I'd love to interview him. I'd love <laughs> to have the chance to ask him, what do you think you can do about the economy, uh, Senator? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but
1: well, perhaps we, we'll learn a bit about that in that debate. Uh, or, sorry, no, that's the Senate debate. Is there any kind of governor's debate?
2: No. Uh, being, uh, there was an effort. A, lot, a number of us, including our station and Pittsburgh, have I invited uh, S- Senator Mastriano and Attorney General Shapiro to debate, uh, but Senator Mastriano put out a statement saying that he will not debate in, on any mainstream media forum. So, wow. yeah. So he, he will appear wow. on certain right, right-wing talk shows and favorable talk mm-hmm. uh, entities, but um, so far, there's no debate scheduled. Okay.
1: Well, John Delano, we'll keep watching, see if you can get those questions answered. Um, as we just laid out, <laughs> Pennsylvania is such a key state. That's John Delano of KDKA. Um, thank you for taking the time to chat.
2: Well, thank you, Margaret. It was great to be with you, and I hope everybody uh, uh, enjoyed the exchange.
1: Well, thanks for being my first ever Twitter space chat.
2: <laughs> I hope we um, I hope we did just fine. I uh, I, I certainly you. enjoyed it. It was fun to be with you. And feel free to get back in touch with me anytime during the rest of this campaign. Love to talk Look, to you.
1: T- Twitter has been known to make or break candidates and a lot else. So thanks for taking the risk with me. <laughs> so we're gonna have a new battleground tracker um, coming the next in, in, in the weeks ahead on Face the Nation on Sundays. And they'll also be distributed across CBS News platforms. Uh, Coming up on September 25th, we're going to look at the battle for control of the House. So we hope to bring you more of these chats um, for the story behind the numbers. Uh, Until next time, thank you all for listening.
2: Thank you all.
0: If you like Face the Nation with Margaret Brennan, you can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.